Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I want to start out today by asking a question. How many of you have received a prophetic word or dream which you clearly understood and knew was from God about something he wanted to accomplish through you? and you still have not seen the fulfillment of it. Lift your hands up if that's you. Lift your hands up if that's you. You perceive, you, you received a prophetic word or a dream, and you have not seen the fulfillment of it. Maybe some of it, but not the totality of it. If that's you, then you're in the same ballpark with me. And the reason why I'm asking this question today is because uh, this year I decided that I would do kind of a historical reading through the Bible, and I was reading the, the story of Genesis, and when Pastor George had asked me to speak, I was, um, the Lord immediately brought to my mind the personhood of, jo- of Jacob, of Joseph, the personhood of Joseph, and so today I want to give you a word of encouragement that I received from reading through Uh, the word of God about the life of Joseph. Um, And the first thing that I want to say to you, because some of you are probably looking forward, especially some of our younger people that are just coming out of high school, just getting in college, you're full of life, and you're saying, oh, yeah, God's going to do amazing things with my life. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this thing. And then there are those who are in the middle ages of their life, and they're going, yeah, God is still going to do this thing through me, and I know it's going to happen, and I believe it's going to happen. And then you got some of us who are in the more senior seasons of our life, and we're going, hmm, have I missed it? Is it too late for me? And I just want to encourage you through a word by somebody that some of us know, maybe not some of the younger people, but some of the older people, James Dean or Jimmy Dean. He said this, dream as if you will live forever, but live as if you will die today. Dream as if you will live forever. So never let go of your dream. But live as if you're going to die today. Make the most of every day. That's what I'm interpreting from that. And then C.S. Lewis said this. You're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Never too old. And so I want to uh, just leave you with those couple of words as we get ready to start and uh, we look at the life of Joseph and, and glean some things. There's uh, many things that we can glean. Well, I just want to share four points with you today that the Lord highlighted to me as I was reading through this. What we don't realize when we talk about the fulfillment of the dream or the prophetic word is that after the word has been delivered to you, guess what? You've already started the process. You've already started the journey. 
You've already started, but what we realize and what we don't realize is that every step, every day, everywhere is part of the process. We're looking at the destination, and we're not embracing the journey. I want to read to you in Genesis 37, a few verses out of NLT. It says here, one night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field trying to bundle up, uh, trying, tying up bundles of, of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low to, before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way they talked about him. Verse number nine. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The, the sun, moon, and even and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? Wow. So he gets this dream from the Lord, and he's all excited. I can just imagine he's all excited about it. He said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. i got to tell somebody about it. How many of you have been excited about something that the Lord gave you? And you were like, oh, my God, I'm about to jump out of my skin. i got to tell somebody what the Lord has said to me. And you go and tell them all excited about it, and they go, hmm. Whatever. So what? Let me tell you a couple of things about your dream or your prophetic word. You see, I, I received a prophetic word over 25 years ago. It still hasn't been completely fulfilled, but I know I'm in the process. I know I'm on the journey, and I know I'm further along in the journey than I was 25 years ago. I'll tell you more down the road here in a minute. Hallelujah. But there are four things that I want to share with you about your dream and your prophetic words when you receive it. Not everyone, including sometimes your family, will embrace the word that God has given to you. As you can see from the scriptures, Joseph's brothers hated him and his father scolded him because of something that the Lord had showed him. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be surprised when people hate you, are envious of you, or even try to discourage you about something that the Lord wants to do through you. third thing that I want to say to you is when we open our mouths and we say out loud 
what the Lord has said to us in private. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. There are a lot of people listening. There are a lot of listeners. God is listening. The people that you talk to are listening. The enemy of our soul is listening, Satan. And our own human soul is listening. So you got to realize that all and not everybody wants to see you succeed. Not everybody wants to see God work through you to do something. And I want to leave you with this one last thing. Because when we look around, sometimes when we share a prophetic word and we say what God wants to do through us and we're all excited and nobody else is excited with us, we get down and depressed. We start to wonder, was this really God? But I will have you to know that Joseph didn't have anybody on his side according to Scripture. There was not one single soul that said, oh, yeah, bro. God's going to do that thing to you. So we already are a step ahead than Joseph was because he had nobody that was encouraging him. He had nobody that was on his side. And I will say this to you. Don't need people to agree with you or encourage you because God is enough all by himself. I didn't say don't have people. I said don't need people. Don't need people to encourage you or agree with you because if God gave it to you, he's enough by himself to accomplish it through you. Understand that, 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 that Joseph didn't have nobody encouraging him. He didn't have nobody that's on his side. As a matter of fact, when he shared it, going to my first point, is his brothers had plotted to get rid of him. They said, we're going to make sure this don't happen. We're going to get rid of you. And so the first point that the Lord showed me was Joseph held on to the promise even when it did not appear it would be fulfilled. You see, Joseph was probably somewhere between 14 and 17 when he received this, this promise, this dream from the Lord. So he was a young man. And right after he shared this, what happened with him? These things happened with him. His brothers hated him more. They already didn't like him because they felt like he was special. He was the special child of his father, Jacob. And so they already didn't like him. And now he going to tell them, you go bow down to me? How would you feel if, so, if your younger brother come to you and said, you go bow down to me? And you're the older brother, and in that culture, the older brother was the one that was supposed to receive the blessing and carry on the name. But here comes your younger brother talking about, hey, you're going to bow down to me one day. I think most of us would look at him like, you better get up out of my face. <laughs> you go bow down. You go bow down. Let's be real, guys. Come on, we got to be real. And so his brothers hated him. His father rebuked him. And then his brothers set him up for failure. Because the brothers got together and they said, uh-huh, he think he's something. He think he all that. 
We're going to show him. And first they said, let's just kill the boy. And then one of the brothers said, that's a little extreme. We, we better back off of that. That's a little extreme. So he said, let's just throw him in the pit and let the animals kill him. He said, I don't know about that. So what they did, though, and I'm telling you, you got this dream, and here's how you start off your journey. I'm telling you, you start off your journey like this. Your brothers hate you. Your father scolded you. And now your brothers have plotted against you. And then you get taken from your place of familiarity by strangers that you don't know because they threw him in a pit. And then the Ishmaelites came along and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. And then he was sold from the Ishmaelites to Potiphar in slavery. How do you know? What a start to, your, to the fulfillment of your dream, huh? And most of us would go, uh-uh, I'm done with this already. God, you can have that back. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm throwing in the towel. I surrender. The white flag's going up right now. This is how he started his journey. It wasn't in the middle of his journey where he had already been encouraged for a while. This was the start of his journey. Now, how many of us started our journey like that? Not most of us. We had probably had at least one person, even if they weren't sincere, they were going, yeah. You can do this. I'm with you, bro. But Jacob had, Joseph had no one, not one according to scripture. But he held on to the promise. Even when it didn't appear he was going to be successful. And I asked myself, hmm. As a strong brother, like, God, dude, how did he do that? And the Lord said that he probably drew on the benefit of testimonies he had heard from prior people in his family. Because you remember that his grandfather was Abraham. And Abraham was 99. Your organs wasn't working too well in the natural to produce a child. But God said, you're going to have one. And I imagine Abraham, mm, I don't know. God was like, you're going to have a child. And he told Sarai, his, his wife, and she laughed. She like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you must be kidding me. And, and just like we sit and we talk about things, I imagine that story came down through the genealogy. And one day when, uh, when uh, uh, Joseph was sitting there, somebody told him, hey, your granddaddy had a baby when he was well beyond his years and his wife was too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think he drew from that, well, anything is possible. 
Because he had to have something to hold on to. And it sure wasn't the people around him. So I believe it was the testimony. I believe his father Isaac told him, hey, you know what? One time there was a famine in the land. And I was about to leave and go somewhere else. And God says, stay here in the midst of the famine and sow right here. And guess what? In the same year, I received a hundredfold. I believe he heard that story and that testimony. So when you hear testimonies from other people, don't try to follow their story, but just glean that it can happen to you. See, their story is not your story, but their story should encourage you for your story. I'm going to say that again. Their story is not your story, but their story should encourage you for your story. So don't go and try to do the same thing they did. Let God do the thing that he wants to do through you. Your journey might look different from their journey, but just because they completed their journey means that you can too. Because God is no respecter of person. So I want you to know that. And I want to give you a word of encouraging. And, and these words come from people who are successful. Michael Caine said this. The first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be captive in the environment in which you first find yourself. He says, the first step towards, your, towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive in the environment in which you first find yourself. You see, Joseph was in an environment, but that was not positive. Joseph was a slave to Potiphar. But Joseph held on to the promise anyway. Jim Rome said this, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. And John Maxwell said this, successful people and unsuccessful people do not vary greatly in their abilities. They vary in their desire to reach their potential. It starts up here in the mind. What you believe you can receive. Don't let doubt discourage don't let doubt stop you from the journey to your destiny. Amen. The second thing that I learned from reading the life of Joseph is he maintained godly fear and loyalty wow. above the fear of man, the desires of the flesh, and the schemes of the enemy. How do I know that? Because I looked in Genesis 39, verses 7 through 10. If you can put that up for me. If not... Don't worry about it. I'll read it out of here. Oh, it says, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you. 
because you are his wife, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. You see, some people, when they, when, after being down like that, you know, he had been sold, he had been scolded, he had been hated, and now God is raising him up here as a servant, as a slave. God has raised him up in Potiphar's house. How do I know that he, said, that he fears God above all these other things? It's because when he had the opportunity to sin, he refused to sin. You see, some of us will have looked around and went, <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody gonna know. You know? I'm just a slave anyway. See, we wouldn't look at ourselves at the way God looked at ourselves. And I may it may have nothing to do with sex, it could be something else that you have an opportunity to take advantage of, but it's not right. It could be you lying about something to gain something. Or you refusing to do something to get over on something. It could be all of these things. It could be any of these things. But Joseph looked at her and says, no, 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 no. It's not just about your master. It's about my master. And you're not worth the risk. How do I know that Joseph held on to the fear of God above that of man? Because in Genesis 41, 16, it said, it shows how he trusted God. It says, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God, but God. I'm, everybody say, but God. but God. Everybody say, but God. Can tell you what it means and set you at ease. You see, understand something. Joseph had already interpreted wondering. Now think about this. Now think about this. Think about it in your own rationale. Okay? So Joseph shares a dream with his brothers. They hate him. His father hates him. Okay? That didn't work. He goes and shares a dream with these two guys in prison. And he says, oh, by the way, don't forget me. <laughs> and he's probably sitting there, yeah, these boys going to come after me in a minute here. Two years later, they ain't came after him whatsoever. So wouldn't you be, wouldn't that cast a little doubt in your heart? That God, maybe, maybe, this, maybe these things that I think you're saying to me are not right. And anyway, if it is right, it ain't working. Huh? Come on, it ain't working. And Joseph decided, I'm not going to follow my fleshly desires. Come here, Abraham. Come here, Sarah. God said, you're going to have a baby. Sarah goes, mm, I don't think so. Here, take this one. They tried to usurp the process so that they would get the promise. And out of it came Ishmael rather than Isaac. 
And God had to let him know, "Mm -mm, that's not what I said. That was your plan, not my plan. That was your desire, not my desire. And the third thing that shows me that Joseph was loyal to the Lord above the plans of the enemy. You see, God, understand that in this verse right here that I just read, he is now standing before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh ain't happy. Huh? Pharaoh ain't happy because he done shared this with all of his other, uh, uh, the, the people that were supposed to be so smart. He had shared this with all of them, and they couldn't come up with the answer. But notice what Joseph said. Joseph didn't take credit for what was being done. He said, the God, my God, can tell you. He feared God. The third thing that I see that tells me he feared the Lord above man and the flesh and the schemes of the enemy it's in Genesis verse, uh, Genesis chapter 42, verse 6 and 7. You can go there. Since Joseph was governor over all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all people, it was to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him. Mm, think about the dream. Mm-hmm. Bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Verse. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you come from? He demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We have come to buy food. Now, I didn't read the other verses yet because Right here, Joseph's in the place of power. This is the hour of power for Joseph. His brothers have come into him, the same brothers that sold him into slavery, the same brothers that hated on him. And here's where Joseph could like, mm-hmm, I'm going to get my revenge now. <laughs> yeah, mess with me, bro. You mess with me. You didn't know what you were touching because now it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do we know that he, he resisted his own fleshly desire? It's because right here he's playing with their head. <laughs> and he played with them a little bit more. He gave them the grain, stuck the money back in, and then sent the servant after him. And they came back all like, oh, my God, we go die. Joseph is struggling right now. He said, man, I really want some revenge. I really, I really want to take some revenge on these boys. Because they did me dirty. They did me dirty. And you know, I got reason to do it. And how many of us in our job, when we get passed over promotion because somebody else lied and told a story, how many of us, when the opportunity came and our partner in business did us dirty, would say, mm-hmm, wait, wait, mm-hmm, I got something for you down the road, mm-hmm. But see, God had to take Joseph through a journey. So he could weed all of him out of him. 
Because sometimes when we get in the place of power and our character is not accompanied or in line with our place of position of power, we mess it all up. And what was supposed to be a blessing becomes a curse. So God had to take him through a process. And in that process, I believe there was a little humility in that process. Because how can you imagine? Think about this now. I didn't tell you this before, but Joseph had a coat of many colors. He's like, yeah, I'm the preferred one in this family. Mm-hmm. See? Look at my, see? Look at, look at my coat. Bro, I'm the preferred one. He knew he was something. And God said, you ain't nothing without me. And he had to take him through a process because the position that he wanted for him would require something from him that was not in him at the time he released him. And that's what God is doing with us. Embrace the journey. I don't know, Zach, if you have that, uh, if you have that screenshot. But there was a race that I went to with my son a couple of few years ago. It was called the Savage Race. And this race wasn't like normal races. Yeah, see? That, that, that's, that's what happens when God sends you. That's what happens when God says, I got something for you. And you start out, and the course is like, whoa, I thought, I thought it was supposed to be a straight line. And, the, and he's sending you through all these, and guess what? Hallelujah. Guess what? There's obstacles. Show, show some of the obstacles. There's obstacles throughout this. Huh? He puts you in the fire. He said, will you go through the fire? Will you go to the fire to reach the promised land? And some of us, be, we get to the fire and we go, uh-uh. I don't know if I want to get burned. The guy said, you got to go through the fire. To get the dross out of your character. You got to go through the fire to get rid of some of those things that are inside of you that are not me. You got to go through the fire so there's less of you and more of me. Or he takes you somewhere else. Show that next slide. And he stitches you. And you go, I'm already all messed up. Look at me, I'm all dirty and undone. And you want me to go down there into that pit? You want me to go through that? God, this is not what I was planning for. This is not what I signed up for. God says, I know. But I'm with you. Understand something. Point number three. I want you to keep that video up there. Joseph embraced the journey. How do we know that Joseph embraced the journey? Because when Joseph was in Potiphar's house, he gave it everything. He did the best that he could do. And some of us, when we're passed over, we say, mm, I'm going to just come to work and do it. I'm going to just do what I got to do. I'm not going to give him 100%. I'm not going to give him 110%. I can get away with 75%. And God says, is that really what you want to do? When you're supposed to be working as unto me and not unto man? You see, the Lord is after our best. 
And how do I know that Joseph embraced the journey? Is because Joseph, everywhere he went, through all that he went through, Joseph always honored the Lord with his best. And God prospered him. See, some of you are working jobs that you don't want to work. You said, this ain't what I wanted to do, you know. I'm supposed to be doing something else. I'm only making $15 an hour. I'm supposed to be doing something else. What you don't realize is that this is part of the journey. Do your best where you're at, and God will promote you to something greater. We want the promotion without the preparedness. And if you get the promotion without the preparedness, you'll fail eventually. How do we know? And I'm almost done. I just got one more point after this. How do we know that Joseph embraced the journey? Because when he was falsely thrown in prison, what did he do? He didn't sit down and say, well, you know what? I'm just going to do my thing, you know. I'm going to just exercise and get buffed and all of this. I'm just going to do my thing. I ain't going to do nothing more. Joseph embraced it even while he was into the prison to the point that the chief of the prison gave all the prisoners over to him. You can read that. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. But you can read about that in Genesis 39, verses 22 and 23. God was showing Joseph along the way, I'm with you, bro. The journey, you're still on the journey. He says, I'm with you, bro. I haven't forgotten you, and I haven't left you. It's just part of the process. So wherever you at, keep your eyes on the prize. So call, but that's what Paul says. What, this is what Paul said. Forgetting those things which are behind me, I look forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling. He says, I'm looking forward towards the prize, but I'm staying in the process. I'm not going to subvert the process to get the prize. And so what he's saying to you, how do we know that Joseph embraced the journey? Because when he went before Pharaoh, and even after he had told Pharaoh all of these things that Pharaoh wanted to hear, and even though he had come up with a plan, Joseph didn't say, choose me, God. Choose me. He said, choose me. I want to read this verse to you. If you could put up this verse here. Genesis 41, verse 34, it says, Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. See, some of us would be like, look what I did. See, you, hey, I'm your man. <laughs> I'm your man right here. You don't have to look no further than here. Right here. I'm your guy. Joseph didn't do that. Joseph didn't do that. He said, God, I'm going to let you take me through the process. 
I'm not going to subvert the process. And see, some of us are wanting to uh, subvert the process. We come up to them and we undone one thing outstanding and we go, look at me. Hey, hey, boss. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. Over here. Over here. Look at me. And the Lord might be saying, I'm not ready for the boss to look at you. Because you're not there in the journey. How do we know that Joseph embraced the journey? Because when he finally made it, he was finally on top. And he had the opportunity to say, see, bro, you know what? Y'all tried to mess over me. <laughs> but you know what? God wouldn't let y'all mess over me. And I want you to just put up Genesis 45, verses 1 through 3 real quick. And then I, just, I got the last three points, uh, one more point, and then we're going we gonna to stand up here. And, he, and if you read this verse, it says, Joseph could stand it no longer. His brothers are before him right now. And it says, there were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, I, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Keep on going. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And the word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But the brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. You see, Joseph had compassion even after all that he went through. God has so put himself in Joseph that Joseph was now ready to rule. But he was also ready to serve his brothers. For some of you, the very people that try to work against you, God's going to bring them to you for you to help them. I'm going to say that again. For some of you, when you reach the place of prominence, the very people who worked against you, God's going to bring them to you for you to serve them. That's why we got to go through the process. My final point is this. Joseph realized that God that all of this he went through was God's plan and his purpose. How do I know this? Jump over to verse, oh, keep on with verse, uh, verse 4. Worship team, y'all, come on. It says, please close the door, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. 
And don't be angry with yourself. See, don't be angry with yourself. How many of us would, let's be honest, how many of us would say that? How many of us say, I told you so? But Joseph said, don't be angry with yourself. He's encouraging them. I know you did wrong, but don't be angry. He didn't even say, I know you did wrong. He said, don't be angry at yourself. He said, for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Keep on going. This famine that, was, that has ravished the land for two years would last five, years, five more years, and there would be neither plowing nor harvesting. Keep on going. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. He is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of the entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. I want to encourage you, when you're going through things and it looks like the destination is so far away and it looks like the promise is fading, remember that you're in the process and the only one that can stop you is you. I'm going to say that to you again. People might put things in your way. Obstacles might be put up before you. But the only one that can stop you is you. Joseph never let go of the dream. People, embrace your dream. Some of y'all need to pull that prophetic word out. You need to pull that book that you wrote down that thing, and you need to review it and say, God, where am I in the process? So I can align my attitude with where you want me to be. He drew strength, but most of all, he trusted God all the way. You see, some of us, when the journey gets rough, we want to pull away from God rather than pressing into God. And God said, you'll never reach your destination because I'm the one that's going to carry you to it. So without me, you can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible. Guys, I've been in that journey over 25 years. And I remember when I went to my coworkers and my boss about eight or nine years ago, and I said, I'm about to say bye-bye to this place. <laughs> I'm on my way. I'm about there. I'm on my way. And a few years later, they said, I thought you were on your way. How are you, bro? Uh, what can I say? It's not time yet. God had to humble me a little bit. Had to eat that humble pie. I said, oh, yeah. And then, then another time I said, yeah, guys, this is it. <laughs> this is it. 
But God knew me better than I know myself. And he knows you better than you know yourself. And God knew that it wasn't the time until now is the time. And this year I said bye-bye. <laughs> because God said now is the time. I positioned you. I brought you through the process. And now you're ready to do what I said that I want to do through you. Stand to your feet. I'm going to give you a couple of more quotes from some famous people. It says, what seems to us as bitter trials are often blessings in disguise. Oscar Wilde said that. It says, try not to become the person, a person of success, but rather become a person of value. Then the last one, whenever you see successful people, I want you to really hear this. Whenever you see successful people, you only see the public glories, never the, pri the private sacrifices to reach, to reach them. I'm going to read that again because I think this is where a lot of us are at. And, and because we read things in the Bible and we only see the after, we forget that there was a process. We forget that there were sacrifices along the way. It says, whenever you see successful people, you only see the public glories, never the private sacrifices to reach them. Understand, guys, there's a process. And I want to say to you, because maybe there's someone in the audience today, I want to say this, the first step to your promise is to surrender control of your life to the Lord. Now for some of you, that means that if you never ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that's where you need to start. For others of you, you've been trying to hold on and you've been trying to take control. And God is saying, why don't you give me control? You've given it to the Lord and you've taken it back. You've given it to the Lord and you've taken it back. In 2019, why not give it to the Lord and let him have it? Why not give it to the Lord and say, I'll follow you? So if that's you, in any one of those two things, just recommit your life to the Lord. If you know that you've been in that place where you have been wanting to take control because you're not seeing what you think you should be seeing by this time in your life, give the control back to the Lord. Start this year out right. Let him not be your Savior only, but also your Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anyone here today and you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that today, just lift up your hand. Any among us, maybe someone online, Maybe someone online, you've never given Christ your life. 
and you know that he has something for you, make today your day to start the journey. Let's worship the worship team. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.